Hey, what's poppin' people? It's your boy Cass here once again for the Say Less Podcast, a part of Whistle Sports and Brother. Today's episode is brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer to each their own flavor. Goodbye, beer belly bloke. And two sugary cocktails, hello, Truly Hard Seltzer. With 13 refreshing styles and 5% alcohol volume that won't weigh you down, it's time to drink what you truly want. And I am one of those people who absolutely do that. I definitely had a case of my Truly Hard Seltzer come through the crib this past week for my 15 days after Juneteenth celebration that we did with fireworks and barbecue this past weekend. And, uh, you know, I'm still trying to lose my quarantine 15. So um, if you want to still get fit but also get lit, uh, Truly Hot Seltzer is the way to go. So shout out to them and shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast. So, Emilio, if you will ever so please hit the motherfucking music. Hey, what's poppin' people? Welcome back to the Sailors Podcast, which is Boy Kaz, a part of Whistle Sports and Brother. Uh, thank you all for supporting. Thank you all for watching the videos. Thank you for watching the YouTubes. Thank you for telling a friend about it. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for starting the Reddit. Thank you for starting the Discords. Thank you for starting the conversations, the discussions. Anything that comes with creating this show is a labor of love. And uh, the fact that you guys that have been riding with me for such a long time appreciate just either hearing from me or hearing me talk to interesting people or uh, just enjoying everything about me and this show. It really means the world to me. So uh, like I said, we're building this thing brick by brick and uh, we're going for it, man. We're absolutely going for it. So thank you all. Thank you. That's all I got to say. Uh, shout out to our previous guests. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back to this uh, podcast episode or this podcast page and check out my previous episodes with Jock Slade, LeVar Ball, um, Brian Michael Cox, uh, Shanae Gumike Wale, Andrew Hawkins, Booker T, you name it, OG Chase B, Danielle Rebay, Melissa Ford, uh, everybody, everybody. If you got a favorite episode, let me know. Hit me in the Instagram comments. If there's somebody that you want to be on the show, hit me in the Instagram comments. If there's somebody that you're enjoying, that if there's something that you want to hear more of, less of, something that you like, something that you don't like, uh, any sort of request, I'm at your service. Hit me on Instagram, at Kazim, K-A-Z-E-E-M. Uh, I'm down for all types of feedback because we are building this thing brick by brick. And speaking of building this thing brick by brick, I had to get on the microphone and talk to you guys one-on-one. Um, today, 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 today is one of those days in sports that you never forget because somebody got paid. And when somebody gets paid, you usually usually like never really forget those sort of numbers. And today is one of those days because July 6, 2020, Patrick Mahomes signed a deal 10 years worth with the Kansas City Chiefs, making him the highest paid athlete in sports history. Well, team sports history, rather, because Patrick Mahomes has signed his contract worth 500 and three million dollars. That's a half a billy to sling that pigskin. Patrick Mahomes signs the largest contract in the history of United States sports because he is a 24-year-old who led the Kansas City Chiefs to a Super Bowl win this past God, it feels like forever ago, right? That was a Super Bowl. February 2nd, 2020. He's also a former NFL MVP. He's not even 25 years old yet, people, and he is the best quarterback in the game, unless you're a Lamar Jackson fan, which we, I guess we could talk about that later. But, um, man, we all knew when Patrick Mahomes was going to get paid, it was going to absolutely shock people how much money he was going to pick in because, obviously, he deserves it. But it, come at, it came at such a crazy time where the market absolutely had – to um to be set and we all knew that the person that was going to set that market was Patrick Mahomes 
Why is that? Well, obviously, in addition to being a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, he's a two-time Pro Bowler, first-time All-Pro in 2018. He was the ML, he's the NFL Most Valuable Player in 2018, NFL Offensive Player of the Year in 2018, NFL Passing Touchdowns Leader in 2018. He won the Sammy Ball Trophy in 2016 when he was in Texas Tech, and he is a second team. Well, that doesn't really matter, but... That all that being said, Patrick Mahomes has been the real deal ever since he was in high school. Um, he put it such cartoonishly good numbers in high school in Texas Tech, and it's even a shame. It's not even a shame, but it almost feels weird that he even fell to pick ten in 2017. Because if I remember correctly, wasn't a whole lot of quarterbacks in there that that should have been ahead of him. I mean, obviously, let's not let's not hurt the Chicago Bears' feelings once again by pitching picking Mitchell Trubisky that year. But not only was Patrick Mahomes there, Deshaun Watson, who came two picks after him, put up a beautiful, beautiful meme after being told about Patrick Mahomes' uh, deal, and uh, I, I understood why he put up that meme because that boy is finna get paid. Um, Patrick Mahomes, my gosh, this $503 million deal. All right, let's, let's really get the details down for this. Okay. Because this is one of the most, uh, these are one of those contracts that you never forget. I remember when I was younger and the first time I heard a number like that, that really like blew my mind was Kevin Garnett's. First deal, right? Kevin Garnett signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves back in the mid-90s for about $122 million, I think, at the time. Which, at the time, was he was the highest-paid player in, in pro sports, beating out Shaq, beating out Jordan, beating out all these people. So, I mean, I'm, And I'm talking about straight-up salary from a team, not, you know, outside endorsements and all that bullshit. Um, and secondly, the second time my eyes kind of widened on a huge deal was Alex Rodriguez uh, way back in the day. That was another huge contract that I remember from from back in the day. Uh, Now, if I get this right. Oh, I was right. Boom. Alex Rodriguez, number 10, Texas Rangers. He signed for $252 million. Okay. Now, obviously, since then, many baseball players have, have since dwarfed those numbers. Guys like Manny Machado, Garrett Cole, Giancarlo Stanton, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, a lot of those, no, those guys are Yankees, but yes, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, overtook Mike Trout as the highest played, highest paid player in U.S. team sports. Mike Trout signed a 12-year deal worth 426 million five hundred thousand dollars. Now, Patty Mahomes, obviously the half billion dollar kid. The one thing about these deals is that they follow you your entire career. Okay, and obviously. Before the age of 25, Patrick Mahomes has already put up a resume that some of our greatest veterans will never even touch. I'm talking about before you turn 25, you're already the MVP of the league. You're already the offensive player of the year. You're ready to Super Bowl MVP. You already won the Super Bowl. Like, And not only that, you are a player who is redefining what the quarterback position can be. Um, at a time that the NFL needs it. Not only do they need it as far as the way the game is evolving and how we all enjoy watching high-scoring, high-paced offense, but he's the right guy at the right time, right? We all thinking about, and one thing that I thought about throughout this entire day was just how much power Patrick Mahomes truly has. He's already had power. He always had it. Um, ever since he, he, he won MVP and became the golden boy of the NFL, Madden covers, you know, the, the all the commercials, all the state farms, all this type of stuff. I get that. But he showed his true power this offseason when, you know, everything that was going on in our country was going on. And some of the stars of the NFL put together a video that was addressed directly to the National Football League and specifically Roger Goodell, the commissioner. Now, I don't want to say this to disrespect anybody, but I guess somebody's going to feel disrespected anyway. Um, When it comes to NFL players, 
a lot of us don't know who you are. And that is not a slight. That's just the way of the world, man. It is the NFL and specifically football is a sport built like an army. Okay. A lot of these players, you might be a bishop, you might be a rook, but you're replaceable and you don't tend to stand out that much. And when you do stand out, it's usually looked at as a problem. Not a problem to me. I don't think it's a problem. But I remember that video and I remember the only person I could readily, readily recognize off of it was one, Odell Beckham Jr., which everybody knows, and Patrick Mahomes, the reigning Super Bowl champion, the reigning Super Bowl MVP. The former MVP. And I got to tell you, not saying that the video wasn't effective, not saying that the video that uh, made Roger Goodell straight up say, hey, we blackballed people. We didn't let people protest peacefully. We messed up Black Lives Matter. Our bad. Not saying that that video wouldn't wouldn't have done his job just as is. But having Patrick Mahomes in that video... Absolutely changed everything. Absolutely made it a game changer. It made it impossible to ignore. Granted, this all doesn't happen without the work of Colin Kaepernick. And we're going to get into Colin Kaepernick later today as well. Because, you know, we we got a lot to talk about. Sports is actually on the horizon. But Patrick Mahomes, not just being the face of the league, quarterback face of the league, But being a black quarterback, huge, absolutely massive that he was on this video. Understand that the NFL, and specifically football, has and always will be a team sport. And that's fine. But the superstars are the quarterbacks. And there's no bigger superstar outside of Lamar Jackson than Patrick Mahomes. I feel like we're, we're getting ushered into a brand new era of football star, of quarterback star. I feel like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes is going to be our Tom Brady and Peyton Manning of our generation. And not to say Peyton Manning has gone anywhere. When you talk about the face of the league, you know, Tom Brady's the guy. But, you know, let's not act like he's been he's been a little silent himself. I ain't going to put no heat on him or nothing like that. But, you know, Tom Brady's been awfully silent throughout this entire ordeal. But when it's time to do some football, play some golf, he's very talkative on the front of Black Lives. But, hey, in any case, Patrick Mahomes, you did the right thing, and you've earned every single penny. I hope you earned every single penny of that $500 million that you got coming to you because the rising tide – always lifts all ships, okay? Like I mentioned earlier before, Deshaun Watson, finna get paid. Lamar Jackson, finna get paid. Dak Prescott, finna get paid. Kyler Murray, already getting paid. Russell Wilson, already getting paid. And what do all these guys have in common? Yes, that's right. They are all great black quarterbacks. They're not just good. They're great black quarterbacks. Um, And I'm glad that this is so commonplace now, right? Like, I'm so glad this is so commonplace because when I was growing up, we didn't have a whole lot of black quarterbacks. And if we did have black quarterbacks, man, they were either like Cordell Stewart and they had to play other positions or uh, they – they weren't that good, or they were. They were. They acted like they weren't that good. They didn't get the sort of props they deserved. Like you didn't really hear about Doug Johnson, or you didn't really hear about Warren Moon. But like you know, you knew the Warren Moon jersey because black people we always stick up for our culture and make sure that we don't forget our black quarterback Steve Air McNair. That was my guy growing up. Don McNabb, he's my guy. But the one dude that really changed the game for me was Michael Vick, because not just because of how he played, well, not just because of where he played, but how he played, right? Atlanta Falcons, black quarterback, running black quarterback, right? Broke the mold. Did things that we had never seen up until that point. Absolute, the most electrifying football player I've ever seen. Ever. Like, I can't describe to you what... Michael Vick in his prime was, right? Like, 
This guy, absolutely, if it's not for him, there is no way that we are enjoying football the way it is seen today. Days of the standstill, drop back quarterback is been done. Um, if you're, if you're, I feel like Tom Brady and Drew Brees are like the last of the Mohicans. I think even Ben Roethlisberger, big ass, can get up here and there. And not that he's fast, but he's just a fucking load to bring down. So uh, I can understand that. But at the same time, like I said, Michael Vick might not have been the most effective quarterback in his Atlanta days. He became extremely effective as, as a Philadelphia Eagle. But um, as far as like what you see now, like you can't – the whole knock on Michael Vick was like, oh, you can't win playing that kind of football. You can't win having a, having your quarterback taking those hits and scrambling and running. And there's definitely a, a, a mode of thinking that lends itself to that, and I, and I can understand that. But there's so many people that have taken what Vick has done and evolved it and brought it to the next level. And it's no surprise that a lot of those guys are black quarterbacks. Um, Lamar Jackson being the most – Obvious example. I mean, we've seen mobile quarterbacks. We've seen quarterbacks that are able to get up and get it, like you know, like Kaepernick and Russell Wilson and and Cam Newton, who we're going to talk about later today as well. But Lamar Jackson was is probably the closest thing we've seen to Vic, but he could sling it too, right? So same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Nothing this kid can't do. Runs it, throws it, could sling it. No look. Bomb, accuracy, he is the total package. I can't think of a a single flaw in this kid's game. He's he's the perfect quarterback. (laughs) It's like somebody made him in the lab. It's like, we're going to make this guy, we're going to have this biracial guy who run as fast as any running back. He can throw as far as any quarterback. He's big, he's tall. As a wide receiver, like he could see an entire field. He's he is the keys to the future of the NFL. And it only makes me wonder who is gonna be the guy that becomes the next, right? Like I said this on Twitter and, and I'm saying it again because obviously uh, I was recording this earlier and it crapped out, but I'm gonna say it again anyway. Um who do you think, uh, now that's official that Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player in team sports, who comes in second? Who's the next guy after him? And I got a lot of, I got lots of replies on this, man. Um, lots of people from Sports Illustrated, BR, Slam, uh, fucking everywhere. SNY, all my, all my sports constituents uh, joined in on the fun. And the uh, the overwhelming overwhelming sentiment through most people was Giannis, right? Love me some Giannis. People say LeBron's still number one. Uh, people still say uh, you know they're going to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi because you know we're talking about. I should have made it clear I was talking about U.S. sports. Okay, like I'm not going to front and act like I watch enough uh, of the footy to understand. Uh, but I mean. I, I always understand money, obviously. But for this case, for this sake, we're talking about U.S. team sports. And while a lot of people want to say Giannis, and people might still say LeBron, and obviously value is very different when it comes to this guy. I got to go with Zion Williamson, man. I mean, I get, I understand what you're saying. 17 games, only played 17 games, only played this many games. I get it. All right, I one thousand percent understand what you're saying, but we're talking about value, right? When it comes to value, Zion Williamson is the most valuable player to enter the league since LeBron James. We are at the point where we don't know what tomorrow holds for the future of professional sports. Okay, we're at the point now where, you know, obviously we're going into this bubble in Orlando and people are quarantining right now to get ready for the games at the end of July. And obviously the NBA is going to lose a ton of money just by doing this bubble. Right. But they stand to lose way more money 
if they didn't do this bubble, if there was no season because collective bargaining agreements can get renegotiated, if there's no cable rights, if there's no TV deals, there's none of that shit happening. They have every right to go up there and, be, and, and renegotiate and be like, hey, you had a grand TV rating of 0.0. We're just going to cut your pay or we're just not going to have a league. It's a very possible thing that could happen. This is why the NBA and Adam Silver and everybody has jumped through as many hoops as possible to make sure that this season happens. And players as well. Lots of players, especially the Chris Pauls of the world, the LeBron James of the world, the players' unions, all this type of stuff. As many things as, as we want to have accomplished as far as the NBA and social distancing and being safe and the current climate of the country, this is all tied into that. But when we talk about value, Zion Williamson is going to be the guy to save the NBA from crashing. He's going to be the guy. It's a lot of pressure to put on a 20-year-old kid. And granted, he was on he turned 20 yesterday or today, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. And my gosh, he ESPN would not stop playing highlights of him all day long. Not that they have any highlights to play of anything else because there's no sports on, but there could have been the U.S. Open could have been this week. They could have had a million other sports going on at the same time this week. If it's Zion Williamson's birthday, if there's any excuse to show this fucking flying teddy bear that's built like Optimus Prime <laughs> to dunk basketballs, they're going to show it. Why? Because he's got value. Value. As a ball player, in maybe... Less than 50 or 60 games that we've watched him televised between ESPN, high school, college, and the NBA. He may have only been on TV less than 60 times, I think. I'm, I'm guesstimating here. Didn't play that much in, 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 in Duke because he was hurt towards the end of the season. He was hurt towards the beginning of the NBA season. Uh, he had a couple of games on, 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 on ESPN in high school. But we've only seen him maybe 60 times. And within that, before he even made it on TV, anybody with a smartphone that followed any sort of basketball page knew who the hell this guy was. And this is where, this is the, uh, the, he's the reason why a lot of these NBA fan pages or highlight pages or dunk pages or ball is life or overtime or house of highlights and slam and BR and ESPN, all of these exist because of him. He is basketball social media. He is Instagram. He is a walking, talking, viral moment every single time he's on the court. He's going to be the guy to save the NBA because eventually we don't even know if we're going to have a next season. Everybody's talking about, oh, just get in the bubble, get out of it. We may not finish this season. Shit's going to get rough. Not only is it, is it going to get rough as far as how the disease is concerned, but what's getting more in, in, in what's getting more attention and starting to really make people worry is the pressure from the outside to even have this season. Lives are being put at, at, at risk, in danger. People are getting sick. People are still getting positive tests. And all it takes is one instance to go terribly, tragically, God forbid, knocking on wood, horribly wrong for none of this to be worth it. For none of this to be worth it. It just takes one person to go for this to go bad with. And none of this will be worth it. But at the same time, while they're doing it and while they're trying to make every single possible way that this is safe and people don't get hurt or sick or die. God forbid. We are going to get set up with that LeBron versus Zion matchup. Let's just put it out there. I watch way too much wrestling to not know when I'm getting set up for a main event push. Okay. 
And we've seen the, the, the video highlights as I am working out. He looks great. All that baby fat and gumbo jokes that people had about him. He came out of the quarantine looking like Thanos, his favorite comic book character. And that dude looks like he's ready to go. And I'll tell you this. When it comes to value, value comes with winners. Okay? And I compare Zion Williamson to Patrick Mahomes because if Zion even scratches any of the success Patrick Mahomes has had before he turns 24, he is going to make that Mahomes contract look like chump change. I guarantee it. If there's a way to get this guy locked up in some city for that amount of money for however long it takes, if he holds up health-wise, if he's still dominating, if he gets anywhere close to what? An MVP level? A, a, a championship run? A playoff run? Listen, I'm not trying to sound overly hyperbolic. What I am saying is, who's the reigning MVP this year? Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Probably going to win it again this year. Maybe him or LeBron. We'll see. But Giannis, at worst, second best player in the league. At worst. Giannis ain't been that good that long. <laughs> he hasn't. Giannis ain't that. How old do you think Giannis is? Like, I remember Giannis' first game. I remember when he came into the league. I remember skinny little 19-year-old still getting PT. Like, I remember all that. He ain't been dominating this long. Zion's already dominating. He hasn't played that much. But when you see him, he's a force of nature that I'm not even sure Giannis is now. And I'm pretty sure Zion's a little bit further ahead than Giannis was at the time. And the Bucks are championship contenders. The Bucks are in the mix. If there's anybody who's going to stand in the way of Giannis Antetokounmpo's eventual throne as the king of the league. Once LeBron says, here, you can have it, Zion's the guy standing in his way. And it's not even all about us. It's not even all about the games. It's not even all about the dunks and the highlights and all that type of stuff. The league wills it so. The league wills it so. NBA 2K21, 17 games. He's already on the cover. Like, I'm not saying that's the biggest thing in the world, but we know what's going on here. <laughs> and it ain't like he ain't earned it. Like, come on, son. Like, uh, you think they're playing favorites for this guy, this 19-year-old wonder kid who's built like Big Van Vader and, and dunks and jumps through the fucking roof like a monster? Like, you ain't trying to see that every single night? Back to my early statement about early success and becoming the most valuable player in sports. The Pelicans ain't no scrubs. The Pelicans are far from scrubs. People like playing with Lonzo Ball. I like watching him play. I think Lonzo's a damn good point guard, and I feel like he's really figuring it out. Brandon Ingram, he's already an all-star. Surprise. Dude is good. Dude is very, very good. You could do way worse than poor man's Kevin Durant. I won't even say poor man. I'll say he's middle class Kevin Durant. He's suburban Kevin Durant. He's Karen Durant. <laughs> no, no shots, Brandon Ingram. I'm, I say all that to say he's a very, very talented, very good all star. Right? You already got that piece. You got Alvin Gentry, hell of a coach. You got Josh Hart, hell of a scorer and shooter. You got Drew Holiday, former all star, extremely good, extremely underrated. The type of point guard you need. The type of off-guard that you need for guys like Ingram, Ball, and Williamson to really do what they do. And you're not going to want to play with that? If you're a veteran, if you're a spot-up shooter, J.J. Reddick said, I've never missed a playoffs in my life. And he has a strong possibility of not of, of living up to that again. You're a spot-up shooter, you're not going to want to go play with those guys? You're a defender, you're, somebody who, you're a specialist, you're somebody who does one thing really, really well. You don't want to go play with Zion Williamson? 
veteran. You don't want to talk. That New Orleans team is building something very special. If they can hold it together. I like Lonzo. Zion, you already know what that is. Brandon Ingram is a bucket. And Josh Hart said it himself on the, on a recent stop on Sports Center. He said, "Yo, listen, if we had this team in the beginning of the year, we're not talking about fighting for AC. We're talking about top four in the West." And I can't lie, not gonna say I all the way agree with him, but I don't think he's crazy for thinking that way. He's not. They have something going on over there that, ooh, excuse me. They have something going on down there in the bayou that could be really special. And I say all that to say, when we're talking about value, when we're talking about valuable players, the most valuable players in team sports, the people that can uplift an entire franchise, an entire league, just by their mere presence, you got Patrick Mahomes. You got Zion Williamson. If he stays healthy. If he stays good. If he can still go. If that dude stays healthy, that is your next Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm not just talking about just like game-wise. I'm talking about first-name basis. He's already on a first-name basis. I don't know who calls him. Zion. You know who you talk about. Zion. Shaq. Braun. Magic. Kobe, MJ, one-name basis. He'll be there. Don't say this is too much too soon because the league wills it so. The league wills it so. <sighs> like I said, today's episode of Sales with Kaz is brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer to each their own flavor. Goodbye beer, belly, bloat, and two sugary cocktails. Hello, Truly Hard Seltzer with 13 refreshing styles and 5% alcohol content that won't weigh you down. It's time to drink what you truly want. Shout out to the good folks at Truly Hard Seltzer and Truly Lemonade. Now, let's get back to some more stuff. Colin Kaepernick has announced the get-back deal of all get-back deals. (laughs) Cap will be featured in an exclusive docuseries produced by ESPN Films as part of a first-look deal with the Walt Disney Company. That's right. Deal between Kaepernick production arm Rob Vision Media and Disney was announced Monday. The partnership will focus on telling scripted and unscripted stories that explore race, social injustice, and the quest for equity. It also will provide a platform to showcase the work of minority directors and producers. Little known fact, well, it wasn't that little known, but Jamel Hill will serve as a producer for the docuseries with Colin Kaepernick. And now, obviously, it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful uh, uh, circle of life when it comes to this story. Because anybody who's followed Jamel Hill knows that she previously worked for ESPN and The Undefeated. And, uh, you know... They pretty much, in so many words, without anybody straight up coming out and saying it, they let her go because nobody wanted her to uh, just stick to sports. Well, she didn't want to stick to sports. You know what I mean? Too political, too black, too this, too that. Like, we are human beings. Now look at us. Jamel Hill, if there's a bag out there, she ain't got... Can I have one? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Jamel Hill is... an absolute inspiration okay she's getting to the bag in so many ways without compromising who she is she is doing everything you're supposed to do when you are talented and you have the eye on you and you have convictions of your talents you spread it you spread it out as much as you can And you exhaust every option. The Athletic. The Atlantic. Vice. I'm now Disney ESPN. Shout out to Jamil Hill, man. She's a fucking beast. I'm a fan. She's a fucking beast. I don't care what people say about her because people... And I hate, you know, you hate telling people, I don't care what people say about her. But I'm saying like in a specific instance, she gets a lot of shit. 
All right. Like anybody who's just peruses through under those comments knows like nobody should be able to nobody should have to go through the type of shit that she goes through just because she's telling you what's been so obvious to so many people for so long about race in America and sports and its position in that. She's uniquely qualified to speak about this and people that aren't even half or a quarter as smart as she is tell her that she's an idiot and she should just shut up and stick to sports. And my motherfuckers talk about ratings. Like, what the fuck does anybody care about ratings for sports shows? That's good. It's good. Shout out to... Shout out to Jamil Hill, man. She's been... She's the GOAT. She's one of the GOATs, man. The Vice show is going to be lit. I'm a fan. But... I say all that to say the reason why this this Kaepernick deal is extremely interesting to me is because right now we live in an era where the truth is so hard to find because everybody has an agenda. Even the people that we like all have agendas. But when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, you have to want you have to realize that a lot of what has maybe held him back in the eyes of some people, is that he hasn't been as vocal as people would like him to be. And that's always been a double-edged sword with anybody who's always chosen to let their actions speak for themselves. That a lack of vocal, uh, a a lack of vocal leadership means, you know, complicitness or, or just, 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 you know, doesn't mean you're not all the way ready and you let people control your narrative. And I got to admit everything that Colin Kaepernick has done in the past four years has led to this moment. This was the only, this was the only moment in which I feel like he can't lose. Right. I wasn't really a big fan of Kaepernick being silent lots of times. You know, I really hoped at certain points that he would speak, but he did. He spoke through his charities. He spoke through his actions. I know he uh, he had some things to say at, at, at the at the Image Awards at the time time uh, time one hundred ceremony. I think spoke at after his workout, that farce of a workout that the NFL tried to try to okie doke him with. <laughs> um, he'll speak through social media. But he's at the point now that not a lot of athletes get. A lot of famous people get it. And you got to be a certain level of famous to get that. But when you're an athlete, you got to be able to control your narrative. And that's why I'm such a huge fan of LeBron James. If you watched this past week, ESPN put out a, um, a, a show called Backstory which I guess was the look inside of what happened during the decision 10 years ago. And it was extremely, extremely insightful because anybody who follows LeBron James knows that like, yo, LeBron's probably the, the most perfect athlete to ever live. I'm not saying perfect in the sense of like, he never made a mistake. He never missed a shot. He never messed up. I mean, perfect in the sense of like, I don't think this dude, he's, he was, he's one, he's one mistake away from being the perfect athlete. And that one mistake to, in some people's eyes, not my eyes, but in most people's eyes was the decision. Say whatever you want about the guy, say whatever you want about his game, say whatever you want about the teams he plays for, how he conducts himself. He is perfect, except for this moment. If you want to nitpick. So what does this perfect person do after his one and only nitpick? He turns it to a hundred million dollar franchise and brings the power of media back to the athlete with uninterrupted and Spring Hill. And that to me is incredible. The decision was like the big bang moment for sports media, right? I'll never forget it as long as I live. I, the decision 
was, you know, I'm a, I'm a journalism major. So I grew up in the, in the you know, I grew up as, as, as a studier of the craft and, you know, journalistic integrity and knowing when, you know, okay, well, you never pay for access. You never give up, you know, journalistic integrity for access or anything like that. And the decision was basically, let's call it what it is. It was it was it was a swole ass LeBron James commercial, which he was gonna try his best to look as good as possible before breaking the hearts of his his his, his hometown or his home state. And when it comes to that. That, to me, growing up, and anybody who studied journalism could tell, could tell you, was like a big no-no. Like, you, you, don't, you don't sell yourself out for, for access, for one-on-one interviews, for anything like that. And that's what the decision was. But I call that the Big Bang Theory because I remember he launched LeBronJames.com that week. And a couple of days later, he also launched his Twitter account. And... That was almost like the genesis of NBA Twitter, right? Like before NBA Twitter and just Twitter in general was just the wild, wild west. Like like 2010 and before, like I don't think anybody – like if you see any tweets from 2010 and before, literally don't hold any of that against anybody. Like that was a wild time for anyone to be on social media, especially if you had any sort of fame or went on to have a level of fame. Um but yeah, LeBron James joins Twitter, essentially j- creates NBA Twitter because he's become such a lightning rod. And that started the snowball effect of what would eventually become uninterrupted Spring Hill, everything that LeBron does as far as controlling your narrative. The reason why this Kaepernick deal is so fascinating to me. Not only has he been one of the most fascinating figures in, in, in American history, he is finally going to do the one thing that people have rightfully criticized him for. Not speaking up more. Not talking more. Not using his voice more. You know? People are ready to follow Cap. And granted, I'm willing to bet he knows people want to follow him. And he didn't want to put out the message until he knew it was right. He didn't want to let uh, a de- the decision happen to him. Right? Like, he didn't want to have to wait eight or ten or five or how many long years for people to kind of get over it if he made a mistake. And like most quarterbacks, he kind of surveyed the whole field. And I think Kaepernick saw LeBron and saw, granted, obviously, they're both fighting for different things and both had different ways about it. He knew he ain't going to mess this up. So I'll read a couple quotes from Cap's uh, press release. Quote, I'm excited to announce this historic partnership with Disney across all of its platforms to elevate black and brown directors, creators, storytellers, and producers, and to inspire the youth with compelling and authentic perspectives, Kaepernick said in a statement. I look forward to sharing the docuseries on my life story, in addition to many other culturally impactful projects we are developing. My goodness. Uh, during the some press, uh, my fault, Bob Iger, Disney's executive chairman, said, During this unprecedented time, the Walt Disney Company remains committed to creating diverse and inclusive content that resonates and matters. Khan's experience gives him a unique perspective on the intersection of sports, culture, and race, which will undoubtedly create compelling stories that will educate, enlighten, and entertain. And we look forward to working with him on this important collaboration. My goodness. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk the talk about, you know, amplifying black voices and putting black voices in in, in spaces that they need to be shown off and 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 showcased and not showcased in the sense of like you're 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 a wind up doll or anything like that, but everybody has really tried to step up since the deaths of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and the countless, countless black 
men, women, and trans men, women who have been murdered in the past couple of months. But I got to give Disney his props for putting the money where their mouth is. I got to give Netflix their props for putting the money where their mouth is and hiring Balsma St. John. Got to give them their props because a lot of people are just kind of faking the funk and they do not want to give the reins to these people. They just want to do their goodwill. They want to donate their money to, you know, places that call for it and keep business as fucking usual. So I'm assuming Colin Kaepernick, who's extremely calculated and his, his team is extremely calculated, they're not just going to roll something out just to be entertained. This is going to be Cap's legacy. And my goodness, if I'm if I wasn't a sucker, I feel like this was the the, the immediate if I wasn't a sucker, I would say this was the all the proof I needed that Colin Kaepernick will will, will be on an NFL team this season. The 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 cards, the stars are too aligned right now, right? You got Bob Iger going to bat for Colin Kaepernick. Got the NFL who needs that TV money, who needs that ESPN money, who needs that Disney money. Basically saying, all right, Cap, if you come back, we come back. Now you're hearing teams are interested. You know that, you know, now's the most perfect time, especially after everything that's going on this past year. Now's the perfect time for Cap to return. And these are storytellers at the end of the day, man. These guys at Disney and ESPN, the people that Cap's going to tap for, for these shows and these movies and these docuseries. I will bet my left foot that that docuseries ends with Colin Kaepernick walking back on the NFL field with the uniform and the helmet. And he's already won. He's already won. If it wasn't for the beautiful, if it wasn't for, my gosh, if it wasn't for just how crazy the world has become, People would love to lean on the fact that, you know, what if he comes back and he's not as good as he was? That's not the point anymore. He sacrificed his prime years for you, for the reasons why people are protesting every day, for you. He did that. I just want to see him take a snap. I don't care if he, he could throw five fucking interceptions. I would not care. Caps are ready. And he deserves this moment. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Cap. Um, more news. I don't even think we got to talk about recently. <sighs> how we thinking about Cam? How we feel about Cam Newton? New England. It's without a doubt the Patriots' biggest acquisition since, I guess, Randy Moss. In, in 2007. But I say all that to say, you know, my earlier conversation about black quarterbacks, this wasn't something that was some, this wasn't something that I was used to growing up. Seeing this many accomplished black players on the center leading teams, not just as franchises, as MVPs, you know, as key pieces. And man, I'm telling you, I don't know who I don't know who they had uh, on on the roster. Steedham, Statham, whatever the fuck the name was. Bill Belichick. If Cam Newton isn't starting on Week One of the NFL season, fuck it. You got to be racist. Or <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. As long as he's healthy. As long as he's healthy. And for all intents and purposes, uh, as somebody who studies Instagram workouts a lot, uh, Cam looks healthy. He, he passed fly, uh, He passed physicals of flying colors before. Uh, the Carolina Panthers put him on the market or, or cut him. Um, yeah, like, I'm rooting for Cam, and I'm a Jets fan. And I don't want to, you know, see him twice a year giving the Jets the boot smoke in Foxborough and then MetLife Stadium. But I'm always rooting for a guy who's been written off. And Cam, y'all, y'all wrote him off. Off. He was just 
in the Super Bowl not that long ago. He was just the MVP not that long ago. And granted, the old adage is we don't see a lot of old running quarterbacks. You see a lot of young running ones, though. And Cam's not a young guy. But, man, this dude is still, if Bill Belichick, and and this is the reason why this is something that really, if you really think about it, could be the turning point, not just the turning point, but just the the tentpole moment for black quarterbacks, right? Bill Belichick, the NFL, NFL coaches everywhere, it's a copycat league. I understand that. We all understand that. If Bill Belichick could get something out of Cam Newton, get them into the Super you know, they, they, they ain't playing for next year. They're playing for that division. They want that AFC East division like they always get. And with Cam Newton in that division, I'm not going to go against them. I don't know what the Jets are doing. I think they're going to trade Jamal Adams. The Bills look pretty good again. We'll see what they do there. The Dolphins, I don't know. Tua, we'll see what see what Tua's about in the next year or two if he's healthy. But Cam, if Belichick can show, I've never got to see Bill Belichick work, work with a mobile quarterback like this. If he figures it out and makes Cam into a Super Bowl winner. And shows what he can do with a quarterback that can move his ass and not just stand in the pocket and, and wait to get clobbered. You ain't going to see a whole lot of black quarterbacks being told to move to wide receiver. You're not going to see Jalen Hurts being like a guy like Jalen Hurts coming out of college being like, oh, well, you know, we can't. Oh, maybe you should play wide out. And No. Like, granted. That sort of thinking is already kind of past at this point. There's so many talented black quarterbacks that now if we look like Lamar Jackson literally had to win MVP and lead the league in passing touchdowns. The people are still on, on, on sports talk shows saying that he can't throw. The dude could throw. All right. He's not Tim Tebow. And Stephen A. I love Stephen A. Stephen A is the GOAT. He's not Tim Tebow, my man. Lamar can sling it. And now every single season that these idiot coaches are passing up on talented black quarterbacks just because they don't fit the mold or they're just a little bit too athletic or it's this or it's that. Like, you can't get better than Jalen Hurts. And I, my gosh, maybe he'll put, maybe he'll work out and, and be like a Wes Walker type or a Dana Amendola type who was a quarterback in college and became an extremely uh, versatile and useful wide receiver in the NFL. But the fact that he has to go to play in Philly, not even sniff a chance at quarterback, even though he's one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in college football, playing behind Carson Wentz. Granted, Carson Wentz is, is Mr. Glass, so he may not hold up all year. I hope that he gets a chance to sling that ball. And I hope Cam Newton balls out for Bill Belichick because I don't like seeing that happen. I don't. You can say what you want, how I feel about it, and it may feel a little... I don't know if race talk still bothers people who listen to the show, and if it does, great. If not, whatever. But I just don't... I just never like seeing people that were clearly great quarterbacks or had the ability to be a quarterback, not even get, we're not even going to entertain the thought of you touching the football on the center every snap. It's already, oh, well, we think we're going to be good at defensive back. Oh, I think it'll be a great slot out. Bullshit. Not everybody's Taysom Hill, all right? Taysom Hill was whack in college. Like, how's that guy? How are people ready to throw money at Taysom Hill? He wasn't even, he wasn't even that good in BYU. Know why he's good now? Because he's playing with an offensive genius in Sean Payton. It's disgusting. But I say all that to say this. Bill Belichick finds some, find some success with Cam Newton. You ain't going to see a whole lot of that dumb shit no more. I guarantee it. People with Cam Newton's skill set, being able to run, throw, big, bruising. They don't make him like him. They ain't going to put a motherfucker like him at tight end. 
All that being said, I'm rooting for Cam this year, bro. But you can always hit me if you don't agree. Hit me on my Instagram, at Kazim, K-A-Z-E-E-M. You hit me on uh, the show's Instagram, Say Less With Kaz, S-A-Y-L-E-S-S-W-I-T-H-K-A-Z. Um, I'm all I'm all down for the sports talk all the time, all the time, all the time. So please don't think you can't talk to me about some sports. I will fire back at you. I'll talk about what we talk about on the show. We'll we'll get acquainted. You know what I mean? Like I like these episodes because I feel like they're a lot more engaging. I feel like you know it's just me and you talking right now. And you know if I say something you don't like, you can DM me or, or, or hit me on the Instagram comment or tweet me, and and I'll talk to you and we'll and we'll go back and forth with it and. It's fun and it's enjoyable. So, um, uh, shout out to everybody who's been supporting the show, building this this thing brick by brick. We're going to continue to have great guests, great shows, great episodes, um, and continue to build this into one of the best sports podcasts out there. Shout out to Wilson Sports. Shout out to Brother um, for the best ofs on the YouTubes. Um, we're going to wrap this up soon, but I want to get in some wrestling talk, obviously. Uh, it's been a crazy crazy couple of months in the world of professional wrestling. I'll be honest, I have been just n- not the most comfortable watching, you know what I mean? Especially with everything going on in the, in the, in the, in the speaking out movement. And granted, I do know a lot of wrestlers. I, I don't know a lot of the people that were named personally. Um, and even if I did, doesn't matter. What does matter is the safety and uh, the well-being of those that were affected by these these acts hurts my heart because wrestling has always been something that I can always kind of go to as uh, something I've always loved, something that was just a fun, beautiful, wonderful escape for me. Um, and I've always loved pro wrestling, and, and a lot of people never understood it, and I, and I never really cared for that because... I understood it and the people around me understood it and my friends understood it. But hearing the stories about, you know, especially the young women who, you know, trusted in a lot of these people really hurt my heart. Um, and it's, it's been past time for us to not just take care of each other more, but especially if you're a man, take care of the women too, you know, like not just the women you're attracted to, not just the women that are your homies, like women in general, you know what I mean? Like a society can't function if our queens, if our women don't feel safe, like that is a fundamental fact, you know what I mean? Like it hurt reading those stories, man. It made my stomach turn and I'll be honest, it was hard to to even keep up with what was going on. So sometimes I wouldn't tweet along. I wouldn't watch. I just watch something else just because it just made me queasy. But I'll tell you this, though. What made me come back, what got me back into wrestling, was two women, the two best performers on any brand right now, their names are Sasha Banks and Bailey, and it's 1.30 a.m. right now. I just watched Monday Night Raw again, another main event, with ended with Sasha Banks and Bailey. And one thing I love about this combination is the best match I've ever seen in my entire life was Sasha Banks versus Bailey, Brooklyn. NXT TakeOver. Uh, shout out to my guy Jeff Johnson, who's over at BR, does BR wrestling, and does a lot of incredible things. That's one of my one of my very, very best friends on this planet. We headed over to Barclays straight from uh, Henny Palooza, slash Duce Palooza back then, and uh, we got to watch that match live, and anybody who's seen the GIF, we all know the famous GIF that they show between any Sasha Banks and Bailey, uh, you know, any Sasha Banks and Bailey uh, video package that happens from that match. That was such a legit, genuine moment because we were just both sitting there in shock. Like, we had no idea a woman could throw down like this. And I almost got emotional watching it because the match was so good. And it was just, it was the, it was the perfect wrestling match. Like, 
And now, you know, you, you kind of see what the wrestling business is really about, right? Like back then, we all knew those four women at the end of the match. Sasha Bailey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch were like going to be they were going to run this thing. Like, women's wrestling is going to be different because of these four women. Every match that they had was, was incredible on NXT. But you kind of got to realize that not everybody gets their turn, their turn in the sun. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody gets to, you know, run with the ball. Sometimes you got to block. Sometimes you got to, you know, run your route just so somebody else can get an open look. Like, you, you got to run your race. You got to do you first. And um, a lot of times that can get frustrating. And I know for a fact that, uh, you know, especially uh, Bailey and Sasha definitely had their frustrations at, at some points. But that's what makes watching their current run so enjoyable because you can tell they're getting such a kick out of it. They're being so entertaining. They are being Sasha Banks, you know, my guy David D, who's an incredible per- political activist and, and writer and columnist for multiple uh, platforms said a long time ago, yo, that's the next Dwayne Johnson. That's the next The Rock. That's the next Rock, Sasha Banks. I'm like, that's a lot to put on somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm like, damn, the next Rocky, the next Dwayne Johnson is, is, a, is a little black girl from, from Boston. And lo and behold, we're starting to see that, you know, um, no knock to Bailey. Bailey's putting on Bailey's on the best work of her career. She has I, I wasn't really a fan of the of the new look, you know what I mean? Like I was a fan of the heel turn, but like I didn't I wasn't a fan of like the Karen haircut. But like she's like a real life fighting angry Karen <laughs> that just annoys the shit out of you every every step of the way. And the SmackDown title run started very ho-hum, but, like, now it's gradually turning into, like, this historically long uh, run of title defenses that I think no woman has ever seen. Um, no offense to Bailey, Bailey is awesome. Sasha Banks has absolutely caught lightning in a bottle, the same lightning that we all kind of saw in NXT way back when, where we're just like, yo, like, this girl, like, she's it. Like, she's got, like... The fucking spunk and like she she looks the part and acts the part and like I know if I had little girls that watch wrestling Sasha Banks would be their favorite wrestler because she's like them you know what I mean like that's that's what I saw when I saw that and being the next rock isn't necessarily being like oh my god it's larger than life this this that and the third to me being the next rock is being like the first you. And being like, oh my gosh, like this person is this 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 person's a, a, a massive like supernova, and nobody's gonna really be able to follow this person, whatever she does or he does. And that's kind of what Sasha Banks is right now. Like she is on a role that few people get, right? They're both on the same and granted, it sucks that there's no crowds out here for to really get a good temperature check on how hot this program is, but you know, every one of those four horsewomen have had incredible runs, solo groups, rivalries, classic matches. Like the reason why Sasha Banks stands out to me as possibly the next Dwayne is because of that crossover appeal, that mainstream appeal that she has. Like, Let's let's break it down, man. Like I could talk to a bunch of my friends. They do they know who really Drew McIntyre is? Not really. I do. Wrestling fans know. Like wrestling nerds know. Even before he was world champion, like we know the story. Got you know chosen one, fired, killed the Indies, came back world champ. Got it. But they're not somebody who is off rip. You know exactly who that person is. Seth Rollins, same thing. Wrestling fans know you, but, like, it's hard to be like, oh, okay, like, whatever, like, this is somebody. People know who Sasha Banks is. Like, people see her, like, either on Instagram or, or, or on social media or see her on Wild and Now or all types of people know her. 
right? Like, they may not be into wrestling, and they may know, like, Rey Mysterio and, like, The Undertaker and the people who, like, have been there forever. But, like, if you ask casuals, she stands out. She's got that she's got that it thing, you know what I mean? And it doesn't come around often, but when it does, you know it and and she's got it. So, I mean, granted, right now they're on an incredible run. I'm a huge fan of their program with Asuka and, and we're we're getting to see how great Asuka has always been. But like I said, it's, sometimes it's it's not everyone's time to to shine and shine in the sun all the time. Everybody gets their turn. And when people were complaining about Bailey and complaining about Sasha and Becky wasn't really popping and, you know, the, I don't think there was ever a time Charlotte wasn't popping. It is incredible to watch the power of perseverance and believing in yourself and knowing that, like, if you put the work in and you do what you, what you believe in and you have the power of conviction eventually that sun is going to shine on you. And I'm so happy to see those two, well, those three, them two and Asuka, really hold shit down for the entire company. The entire company. Three shows all the time. Killing it. Anyway, this has been uh, today's episode of Say Less with Kaz. Uh, We're going to have some new episodes later this week. But I just wanted to get on the horn and talk with y'all about everything going on because sports is coming back, guys. Sports is slowly but surely coming back. So the more sports are on, the more you hear from me. And that's always a good thing. So thank you guys so much. Shout out to Truly, uh, Hard Seltzer, and uh, Lemonade for sponsoring this week's episode. Shout out to Whistle Sports and Brother. Um, and I will catch you guys later, man. Emilio Sparks, the producer. Thank you so much. Black Gold for producing. Jake Selter, my associate producer. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you guys soon. Stay free. Stay safe. And always, always, always stay less. Nice.